What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bra Meets World. What well, is Bra Meets World? Your boy meets world. Fun cast. I am Siege. And I'm Tony Chris. Uh, oh my god, you guys. Well, Yo, guys. I don't know about you, T, but uh, had a very interesting last few weeks. Oh, did you now, Siege? Anything important, <laughs> anything significant happened in your life that maybe we should take an entire episode to talk to our listeners about? All right. So for those of you who are just joining us, which, welcome, there are a lot of brand new listeners, and we are so excited. A lot of new listeners. We're so happy to have you. And talk to you and for you guys to get to know us. We want to take this episode to just kind of reintroduce ourselves because, um... A funny little thing happened over the last few weeks. We were very fortunate enough to be invited to the Pod Meets World podcast starring Daniel Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. You know, the stars of Boy Meets World. The stars of Boy Meets <laughs> Guys, I, I have to be 100 with you guys. You guys are our listeners. You guys know us. And for our new listeners, you're going to get to know us better. Um, I'm not going to soft pedal the real. No, I here's was the place. Freaking the fuck out the entire time. <laughs> and I had to like be cool and make it seem like, oh yeah, this is just a normal interview. I was so nervous and I'm still like pinching myself. So yeah, I I I'm glad we're gonna be able to just talk it out because I have so many like racing thoughts and emotions about everything. Yeah, like we do want to like let you guys know because we've been asked a few times. We were very fortunate enough to um actually have them reach out to us and as i said on the podcast it was literally like day one uh tc and i i were talking and i was like you know i think we could get on and the very next day we were we were reached out by the producers and like hey are you guys interested and we were like are we interested yeah yes pretty (laughs) certain we are um uh pick a date we'll make it work you know Um, i I just want to say something about that too because uh when danielle originally when Danielle Fischel asked us that question, um, talking to us specifically because we talked to Danielle Fischel, I'm not going <laughs> to let that go. You know, she had asked, you know, did we ever envision talking to them? And honestly, my answer was a bit different because at sh- the truth is, when we first started the podcast in like 2017 or whatever, I never did think that we would get the chance to talk to the actual cast. It wasn't until their podcast came out that we started really like being like, oh, maybe there's an opportunity. But before I, will, then, I really didn't, I didn't think so. So I, I mean, will completely agree with you there. Where like, the, like, so it was, she, the question was like, did you ever think? And yeah. for me, it was like, for some reason, my mind was like, actually, it just remember that moment of being like, hey, they one day being like, hey, I think we could do it. And the very next day they contacted us. We freaked us. out when it happened. Like, I, it, was I, just, it, it was insanity. But you're right in the sense of for years, we're like, no one's listening to this. No. Who, who cares? And it turns out, but by the way, you guys, and I just want to let everyone out there who has a fan cast or whatever know this. They had been listening. They were like, we love your show. We've been listening. We freaked out. We were like, oh my God, we say so many things. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. It was like when Danielle Fischel said that she liked our podcast. Um, it was, it was, it, part of me was like, oh, I wonder what episodes they heard. Cause sometimes it could be pretty critical, not of the cast themselves, but of the show. I mean, obviously, you guys know we have a, a love of the show, but there's things about it that don't always age well. But Honestly, like they were so receptive to not only our perspective of everything, but also being critical in their own right. And like, 
uh, you know, I one story I have to tell about this is that before we had our um, interview with them, we had I was going to tell this story too. Yeah. I was going to tell. So I love that you're going there. Go, go, go. We go. had a call scheduled with the producer Jensen Carp. And uh, we were just like, oh, me and CJ are going to talk to Jensen. Cool, cool, cool. All of a sudden, Danielle just pops on the call and starts chit-chatting with us. And It's I'm, a video chat, you guys. <laughs> I, I'm just in another world right now. Yes. Danielle Fischel is just talking to us, calling us by our names. I am... In Just another world. In another PC world. PC literally myself. may have died while we were on the call. And it was the most interesting thing to, like, actually have Bruh. to, like, pull it together and be very professional in, in I that just wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. That was the thing. It's just, it was one thing to know I was going to get to talk to them. But when she just hopped on the call, God, dude. And I have to say this, too. Like, separately from us even being on the air, they are the nicest kindest like most like um welcoming people like you know danielle when she was talking to us talked to us like we were just i i I don't know it it just talked to us like she's been talking to us forever and i i have to say like even while we were recording like they were just so like kind and i they always say don't meet your heroes but i had a very good experience with with me honestly i will say that you know i i am usually a fan of like don't meet your heroes but i will say this particular situation we have been very fortunate to have people who were very receptive to us who were very encouraging to us as creators um Mm -hmm. like they gave us a lot of just really good feedback that we appreciated and it just really you know something that t and i had been doing on the side for the last what seven years at this point in time six years some shit yeah six seven years is it's been amazing just to actually have this opportunity to hear from seasoned professionals and just like, like I, I just think that uh, if you are listening, we want to give you the biggest thank you. And also just encourage all of our listeners and their listeners to really like, just make art that you enjoy because you honestly never know. You Um, never know. Keep on working on it. Uh, And you know, the thing that, you know, we keep talking about, we keep saying we didn't know anyone was listening. Like you guys have to understand years would go by (laughs) of us getting like one comment on social media. Like we'd get a few downloads. Meanwhile, we're spending hours a week preparing episodes our our partners are just being like, are you guys are you guys really spending all your time? Is this the best way to spend all your free time? Like, there was just a lot of things that we had to prioritize to make this happen. And along the way, we were just like, are we making the right choice? And I I can't express just as a creator and as artists like what it felt like to know that like something we created not only resonated but resonated with people who we highly respect. So it was just a, it, I mean that whole. Even just getting that acknowledgement, if we didn't get on the show, if they just called us and said, we love what you're doing, that would have made my day. If we just got to talk to them and have the conversation we did and it wasn't on the podcast, it would have made my entire life. But for the podcast to drop on my birthday, <laughs> no less, I and the world is hearing. You know what I mean? Yes, like, it's, yes, it's, it's just, oh, my God. Absolutely. And I, and I do want to say, like, after everything that was said, um, to our longtime listeners, there are several of you who have been listening to us through all of our technical difficulties, yeah. through all of our, like, hot takes, um, all of our tangents, all of our, you know, misled side podcasts. Like, oh there are several of you who have just been with us and been very engaging from the very beginning. 
beginning. And we do want to say a really heartfelt thank you to those listeners. Um, but then also to all of our new listeners, your feedback has also been very encouraging. Um, again, as T said, we've just been doing this and we really wanted to create something that we would enjoy. So to hear everyone else really kind of give us the response, um, it, it's been really great. I do... Uh, T has a few listener calls that we we got that yeah. we would love to play. But before we play those, I want to say that we have been invited back. Um, and what I would love to do is, you guys, if you have questions for the cast that you would like us to ask, feel free to send them to us as well. We'll kind of like always send this reminder and uh at some point in time i think before the end of season two we'll also send that reminder and then just kind of collect your questions and you know make sure that we'll give you credit but like hey we have a connect we're <laughs> talking to them so what siege what means is that we're best friends with them now so we <laughs> have the pool um one thing i do want to say as well in addition to like everything that you just uh said is that you know, a lot of our listeners are starting from the beginning of our podcast. They're they're starting with the pilot and kind of working their way through. And what's been interesting is the amount of feedback that we've gotten of people being like, oh, hey, I want to respond to you about this episode that you recorded six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I have a hard time placing it, but I highly encourage it. Just because me and Siege are in the middle of season six right now, if you guys are just joining and you're trying to keep up with, if you're listening along with Pod Meets World, or if you're starting from the beginning and you have questions or insights, like ask us about anything. Like anything we can jump back to, time. like jumping forward in time is something we try to resist, but jumping back in time, we can easily do. So absolutely bring those comments and, and questions in. We do have a few listeners who gave us some voice messages on our website. And um, I, I, again, I just want to encourage everyone, leave your voice messages. We will play them on air. We will respond to them. We love getting this as um, interaction with our fans. So I'm going to play this first one from Lorita, who left us a message after our Pod Meets World episode dropped. Hi. I, well, I guess my name is Lorita. And I wanted to send an email, but didn't see that option. So I'm sending a voice recording instead. Um, just wanted to say I was listening to Pod Meets World. They mentioned your show. I went, looked it up, have been listening to it nonstop ever since. I appreciate y'all for the voice and perspective you bring to Boy Meets World. Having also grown up watching the show as a Black person. Um, and just also heard the episode that y'all were on with the cast on Pod Meets World. And I just feel super proud of you. So thanks for doing what you're doing. Wishing you the best with the rest of the run with everything and looking forward to more episodes. Thank you so much, Lorita. Amazing. Thank you. And you know what's so cool about this experience um, is that uh, a lot of our, I don't want to call fans, we don't have fans, a lot of our listeners um, <laughs> have been reaching out to us and I love the messages we've been getting of Hey, I'm a mixed kid. I'm a black kid. I've I'm something other, and I've loved this show, and I always felt like I didn't have a community or something like I didn't have a an entry point in. And to hear how many other brown people uh, love this show, um, and that we can connect with them in that way, it's it's so funny because. You know, me and Siege, we always kind of think of ourselves as as tokens because we were like the <laughs> only people of color in like our, our class or whatever. Um, 
we're kind of unicorns. But what's been great about this experience is that we are being able to connect with all the other unicorns who love all of the same shit that we do. And it's been such a satisfying experience to build that community. Not saying that we just want to engage with the people of color, but just as a person of color, you know, who is in love with a white art form, you often feel like there isn't a place for you in the fan base. And so I'm, I'm, the most proud that we've been able to allow these other individuals to take ownership of their fandom uh, with Boy Meets World. Like, that's been the best thing. Absolutely. Also, Lorena, I just want to say, if you do want to send us an email, you can reach us at bromeetsworld at gmail.com. <laughs> but why would you when you can send a voice message, guys? Right. Either or. I'm just saying if, if your emails are going to. All right. So you have another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this one, um, our last one is from Jackie. You guys completely killed it on Podmeets World. I just want you to know. Like, your questions, I am so proud of you guys. I've been listening for so long to, to Bromies World. And I am so proud of you guys for, like, just going for it and asking those, like, deep, insightful questions. Like, you don't know these people and you really got in there and dug in there and... I know you guys were freaking out, but it really didn't show. And I could just tell that they really appreciated uh, what you were giving. And um, I wish you guys could do this show together every episode. <laughs> like, you did amazing, and you should be so proud. Good job. Best. Best response. Like we're getting Thank the best so responses. Much, oh like, my honestly, god! Like so, let's just talk about Thank that for you. a little bit. Uh, I honestly will say, uh, as as Jackie pointed out, we were very nervous, but we wanted to ask questions that were more substantial. Like we we understood that people were going to. Ask, you know, like a lot of fans ask them the same questions over and yeah. over again. And what T and I wanted to do was be our authentic selves and be like, what would we honestly ask them? Like, this is not to say that, you know, asking what their favorite characters are or um, if they had anything that they would steal from set aren't like good questions, but they weren't what we wanted to use our opportunity. We were like, if we got one shot, we wanted to take it and we wanted to do it our way. Um, so we really do appreciate all of the response that we've gotten about people who appreciated the questions that we asked, because we did say to ourselves, if we're going to ask, if we're going to get this opportunity, how do we show up as ourselves? And then also as a voice for the fan base. And I mean, we definitely <laughs> were nervous about asking some of the questions. We were definitely trying to prioritize what we should ask. But, you know, in the end, for those of you guys who've been listening to us long enough, you know that these are the conversations that we just naturally have all the time anyway. We are not afraid to venture into conversations and topics that are um, that require vulnerability. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we probably said it a bunch throughout the episode, which, you know, we really appreciated how receptive they were to that. And they were willing to have these conversations and dive in. And, like, again... If we get the opportunity to talk to them again, I definitely want to dive in more with, you know, these kind of deeper questions that kind of reflect more of their experience and kind of show 
what their experience was like as a human, not as the character that I created in my head and just kind of flesh them out a little bit and make them more three-dimensional people through those questions. So, um, yeah, it was, it, dude, it's, it's crazy that that even fucking happened. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> like I, I, I've, I've been saying that to myself, like every five minutes, just like, it's crazy that this happened at all. I have one more. Um, it's, I've never listened to this before. I will say So, uh, if we need to cut it out, we can, but okay, let's okay. just listen. This was going to take, this is gonna to take too long to text. So, but I wonder if if it's ever been brought up with the the transition of Eric from being like the cool guy to like the goofy guy, and then um, how he because he just seemed like he got more confident in his role, I guess, and being like the funny guy, right? Like, I wonder if that transition of cool guy to funny guy was his idea, or was it like the writers or something? All right, so thank you so much. That that came from a listener named Christian. Christian, I, thank you for your question. Um, yeah, I'll let you speak to that because I feel like we we were thinking of asking it honestly. Yeah, like, yeah, it was absolutely. on our list. Uh, just so like, and and that's a perfect example of like, if you guys have questions, please send us. We'll collect them and and kind of figure out a way to to ask them ourselves. But no, absolutely, questions like that we 100% appreciate because T and I had all of like these burning questions and just so you know it's like some we were like we were told and asked to kind of keep it to season one yeah so if any if there's any kind of questions or quotes that you wish we had brought up just know that we were specifically asked to keep it to season one to kind of like keep keep that uh whole season one recap together but um we appreciate any and all questions because we've been having them ourselves and we have lots of questions like in the bank And uh, yeah, I was going to say to that, (laughs) to that point, um, a lot of the, because we came up with like, I'm going to say like 15 questions or something like that before we even got there and kind of whittled it down. But we did want to make it season specific. But with that being the case, if we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to come back in season two or season three, we would want to ask those questions at times where it's more relevant. It doesn't really make sense to get into conversations about um you know angela's relationship with sean until we get to season five it doesn't make sense to talk about the the homoerotic tension we sense between jack and eric until they get to the point where they can rewatch it and kind of have those those memories fresh in their minds too because as they admitted they're kind of rewatching this for the first time as well so you know i i wanted to make sure that you know i was asking questions that were as relevant as possible to season one even though i was very quick to jump ahead at every opportunity i got (laughs) (laughs) so all of that said again thank you guys so much please give us your voicemails give us your emails continue to reach out to us on social media at bro meets world um we appreciate all of it uh that said for those of you who don't know or who are getting familiar with our concept we do this thing called homework and uh we thought that it would be fun to kind of end this first pod of 2023 with kind of like some of our best of 2022 and uh that that said, T and I have both created a list of some of our favorite just media um, over the last year. Yeah, Boy Meets World is not the only thing that me and Siege fan over. <laughs> we can speak at nauseum about Boy Meets World. We can do it for six or seven years. We can talk about Boy Meets World. <laughs> but, you know, we have such deep love and appreciation for all things pop culture, all things art related in terms of media storytelling you know we are so strongly attached to it and attracted to it and you know a majority of the conversations that we have off camera are about all of these other fandoms that we are obsessed over so 
uh, we just thought it would be great to just kind of, as we, you know, talked a lot about Boy Meets World and Pod Meets World and all of the wonderful things that that's been for us this year. For and us we'll to kind continue of, to. And we'll continue <laughs> to be. Um, you know, to, to kind of recap the the other things of pop culture that we've really loved in 2022. Why don't we start with uh, your favorite books of 2022, Siege? Okay. I, okay. Starting with my favorite books of 2022. Uh, I'm going to start off with this book that, honestly, it took me by surprise. For those of you who know, I listen to Audible. Um, I get a lot of like books from, from that collection. And one that really it was recommended to me by Audible. It just took me by surprise. Um, was a book called The Palace of Illusions by Ooh. Shitra Banarji. I'm not going to pronounce this correctly. D-I-V-A-K-A-R-U-N-I. So if you know how to say that last name, please say it. <laughs> but again, it's called The Palace of Illusions by Shitra D-I-V-A. K-A-R-U-N-I. Um, and it was an amazing story. It's a um I, I guess you would call it like a South Indian. I, okay. I hope I'm saying that wrong, or like Hindi story. Um, and from what I what I've learned is it's actually a different point of view of a long-standing myth in that culture okay. and so like the 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 culture and the myth itself is told from like a very again most likely male-centric point of view um and this takes one of the very predominant female characters and gives her um her point of view of the story and as someone who didn't really know the the myth itself i can say that this book made me so interested it was so much fun and it's such a very interesting story that included magic and heartache and journeys and all the things that you really want from a story but it also introduced me to a brand new culture of like things that like i just wasn't privy to um so i was really impressed by this book love the writing love the storytelling and um it's just like a book I highly, highly recommend. So yeah, that's that's my first recommendation. That's that's awesome, bruh. Um, you know, I am not a big reader. I've never been. I attribute this, and you know, we both have ADHD, and we kind of it, it works differently in us. But I get very bored reading, and I can't get through pages. However. This year, I've read more books than I ever had because I switched to audiobooks. And I have been able to <laughs> find the love of books and kind of, you know, broaden my awareness without having to conquer the hill of, of not getting bored while reading a book. Um, so with that being said, the very first book uh, that I want to recommend, it did not come out this year. I don't know if any of these books oh, came out this yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say, just, I know that, that book did not come out this year. It came out in 2008. It just <laughs> meant, these are the books that meant a lot to me this year. And the first and probably the most profound is Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Um, this is a, you know, it's nonfiction. Honestly, if you start listening to this book or reading this book, it's going to come off like a lot of like season one Topanga hippie nonsense. But I promise you, bro, like in terms of, um, you know, this whole book is about focusing on the present, not really living in the past, not really living in the future. Um, it's helped me so much with my post-COVID anxiety, with um, 
my, you know, all of, honestly, a lot of my mental health issues that I struggled with coming out of COVID, um, this book really helped me to um, be present, to have gratitude for the things I have, um, inspires me to change the things I can, but, you know, accept the things I can't. It, it's just like all of these things for someone who struggles with anxiety or just like a racing mind. Like, I just felt like this was a very powerful book for me. Um, and I like that it was just, uh, you know, the audio book was just, it's like listening to a podcast. Like it was just something I was able to throw on. So it, it was really helpful. And, um, you know, for people who have different learning styles, the audiobook is a great um, way to consume this simply because it's the author himself um, or the spiritual advisor, whatever, um, just kind of talking through and answering questions about what it means to be present. And that approach I thought was really easy to digest. So yeah, power now, Eckhart Tolle. Tolle, I don't know. Love it. No, honestly, right. that's, that's great to hear because I feel like, especially that way of thinking is really important, especially now coming out of COVID with a lot of anxieties of like, well, how things could be in the future. I'm telling my fiance constantly. I'm just like, hey, 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 let's bring it back to now. Yeah. Like there's only but so much we can control and really learning to uh, kind of hone in on that and be like, hey, there's only but so much you control the world. Like the future will be what it'll be. The past is what it is. Yeah. Um, and like appreciating the like just the the day in life that you're in currently um has definitely helped me a lot so i i look forward to adding that book to my list and and hearing yeah and you know honestly and not to go on too much of a side tangent with this but you know i kind of feel like as a society we're still processing and coping Absolutely. with what the fuck COVID was to our world. Yes. As a society, we've never had the world shut down. We've never all been isolated. And again my experience living in LA is probably very different from other people's experience, especially if you lived in Florida where our friends say it lasted two weeks. For us, it lasted like two full years. And yeah. being isolated, having all of the um, systems that we've built in place to help build our mental health disappear overnight. Like there was just, there's just a lot to compress. And I still don't feel like as a society, we've really done it. We were so quick to just get back outside that we didn't really take the time to figure out what it meant to us. And so, um, you know, for me trying to compress and get through all of that, um, I thought this book was really helpful. So um, th thanks so much. Uh, all right. So I have another book that I'm yeah, really yeah. excited to jump into. Um, that would be, um, Project Hail Mary, oh. a novel by Andy Weir, who is the same guy who wrote The Martian. Uh, Project Hail Mary, without giving too much away, it's another science fiction kind of exploration. Essentially, this guy wakes, the, the movie starts off where this guy wakes up on a rocket ship and he has no idea how he got there. He doesn't remember who Ooh. he is. He doesn't remember what the mission is he doesn't remember anything he's just on a spaceship to an unknown destination and the journey kind of like unfolds from there it is amazing storytelling it was so much fun to listen to it actually again it, it it's one of those books where it's very scientific and you're just like uh-huh 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 because like you don't know like it's so both above your head but also accessible where you're like i know enough to get me through what he's explaining to do i know science to this level absolutely not but i know enough and the story is told in a way to where i only need to know that he knows <laughs> this, these calculations and 
Um, and the story can continue. And it's actually, it was just a great journey for anyone who really enjoys science fiction, loves self-reflection. Again, you have this this guy alone in space having to ask himself some really hard-hitting questions. And uh, I always think that that is a really fun journey to go on. I love that. I also just realized how different we are in book readers that I constantly <laughs> choose nonfiction and you tend to prefer fiction. This is like yeah. a really interesting thing to learn. Like we've been friends for a long time, but like this is like my first time kind of so understanding it's actually that. crazy. Like just to kind of jump in really quickly, for years, nonfiction was what I read. And I think like just as you were saying, just kind of like for me coping with like how hard reality has been. Sure. And then just like for the long time listeners, you know, I listen to a lot of nonfiction. I was listening to uh the People's History of the U.S. I listened to the New Jim Crow. I listened to like a lot of really heavy things. I was like, I need lightness. I yeah. need like I need to be in someone else's world for a little bit. So that's that's actually kind of what led me here. That's that's awesome. Um, well, to keep going along with our tradition of fiction and nonfiction, um, my next book is uh, called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I heard this. Honestly, you know, I, in terms of just like coping with the pandemic, one of the things that we discussed on this podcast a little bit was how I got diagnosed with ADHD through the pandemic. Um, and, you know, for those who have gotten those kind of like mental health diagnoses late in life, it's a journey. At first, you're <laughs> like, you're, there's an aha moment that occurs of just like, wow, all of these things make sense in my life now. Um, but there's also that how come I'm 33 years old and no one ever told me that I had this before? How come these symptoms went overlooked? How come I struggled for so long without there being help? All of those things kind of happened. But for me, having the awareness of this is what I'm struggling with allowed me to look for solutions. And one of those things that were really helpful was this Atomic Habits book by James Clear. Um, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results is how it's labeled. But for me, it was just one of those things where it kind of strategically goes through how to add habits to your life that are beneficial for your overall mental and physical health. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of uh, simple concepts. Like one of the things that it talks about is, you know, if you're struggling to get tasks done, minimize it down to two minutes. I've actually done this my whole life. Um, and this was something I didn't even have spelled out as clearly as he does here. And an example of this is, for, for those who know me, um, I lost a bunch of weight. I lost like 150 pounds. And <laughs> one of the things that got me to that point was that whenever I'd go to the gym, my mindset was, let me just walk in the door. I don't have to work out. I don't even have to get on the machine. I don't have to do anything. I just need to walk in physically to this gym and I can turn right around and go back. I never did. But just keeping it down to that concise two-minute task made it something that was easy for me to do. So this book kind of goes into those that concept and a bunch of other concepts as to how you can kind of, you know, shape your life in a way that's, um, and especially for me, who I'm constantly forgetting things, I'm constantly like, um, you know, lack of follow through is classic ADHD. So, <laughs> you know, having all of these uh, tools in place, uh, this book specifically really helped me to uh, understand myself and find a sol find solutions that were beneficial for me. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, as you said, like learning with ADHD and how to move through ADHD uh, is has been a journey and is so important. Um, and so I highly encourage anyone with like 
any kind of like neurodivergency um, to to read these types of books and, and find ways to um, kind of help you move through life. Sure. Um, my last book recommendation, it's the last one I have in terms of the book category, is a book called The Midnight Library by mm. Matt Haig. And uh, I think I talked about this book earlier in the year, but something that I really think is important is for, I want more people to read it and give me their feedback because uh, currently there are two camps that everyone falls into who reads it. And I'm so excited to see what most of our listeners uh, fall into. The The idea of the Midnight Library is just to kind of, uh, it's not really a spoiler, but in the very beginning, a woman decides to kind of end her life. And at the end of like the last the edge of midnight of like the end of her life um she's taken to this library and the library has every possible life she could have possibly wow and it's such a good book to me as you said with someone with anxiety who's constantly wondering what if what if i had done this what if i were like like what if I had pursued sports at a younger age? What if I had made this relationship work? What if I I had made this job work? Like all of these questions, all of these things. What if I had worn a t-shirt that day instead of the jacket? You know, like all yeah. of these little things come about. And the thing that I found amazing about the book is what it does with all of those what ifs and it's a book to me that really helped me step away from the what ifs and really start to appreciate the decisions that i had made um and i just i again i would love for other people to read it i think again if you are someone with anxiety it's a really interesting book i will say that uh we read this in the book club that i'm in i'm in a a book club and this is one of the books we read earlier in the year and there was a whole party of people who were like I didn't get it. They were like, I don't, yeah. I don't question my decisions. So this book didn't make sense to me. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Would love that. I'm constantly considering everything everywhere at once. And so that seems like a good fit for me. Um, just to kind of quickly just close out this book section. Um, my last one that I'm going to throw out there is uh, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, How to... The, the courage to be vulnerable yeah. um you know Brene brown is uh has a bunch of great books and um you know the thing that i kind of took away a lot from um this book and a few of her others that i got into um was how much i was allowing my personal shame to prevent me from expressing vulnerability and authenticity learning to forgive myself, learning to love myself and learn to stop judging myself so that I can accept me for who I am. And therefore I can not only um, be a more, be more comfortable in my, in myself and be more authentic in, in a natural way, but I, I'm also going to be able to be there more for other people by not putting up, you know, shields, not, um, you know, uh, you struggle with weight all your life. You have different things that you do to kind of cope with that. And you have your emotional shields that you put up. And for me, even long after I lost weight, those shields were still in place. So, you know, learning to forgive myself, learning to kind of get over that shame. The, the Brene Brown books did a really great job of, of helping me get there. So, um, you know, this book or any of her others, I feel like are, are really great ways to start because she, she the topics of shame and vulnerability are things that she really dives into deeply um, and 
you know, what I've learned about being vulnerable and what I've learned about kind of dropping the mask of what it means to be a man, you know what I mean? Like all that shit, like all of those things were supposed to be like, I just dropping all of that and just being genuinely yourself um, has been so freeing. It's been so freeing. It's so much better than caring all the time <laughs> about what everybody thinks. Like it's yeah. so much better, but it's a journey to get there. And so like, if you're on that journey, these are a few things that, you know, I think could help along the way. Absolutely. And by the way, like I completely echo your whole thing about like learning to be vulnerable. Like I actually at one point in time, I remember I went to therapy because I was like, I don't like I'm hearing from friends or people who I consider friends that they don't feel like they know me. And I was like, I feel like I'm always available. I feel like I'm always, you know, trying to um, show that I care. And they're like, yeah, but you're not being vulnerable with anyone. So no one honestly feels like they know you mm. because you're never letting them get to, you're not letting them get to know you. You're only letting, you're, you want to be there for everyone. But then like when they ask you about yourself, you just kind of like scuttle away. So as you said, learning to be vulnerable and learning to like own up to my mistakes and be like, oh yeah, yeah I got that wrong. Uh, or, or or I'm not a good person right now. That's That's where I'm at. And again, not yeah. like, kind of stewing in it and being like that's who i am deal with it but just kind of like hey you were talking about adhd there's certain times where i'm like hey i'm not getting through that list today that's not what nope. we're doing today that's not <laughs> today is not a full list day mm -mm. that's okay <laughs> today is i'm gonna make a list day today tomorrow list is day. do the list day <laughs> exactly exactly oh so, my god uh, really, really all right cool. well this is right, on this to is great. the next what, on what, to the um, next well, since you know, I picked the last category. Why don't you jump in with the next one? Okay, only because I have it like right here. You had said it earlier, and I have to admit, I, I'm really excited about this. Speaking of everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, I'm going to talk about my favorite movie, uh, my two favorite movies of this year. Number one being Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, an amazing. If you were listening, hold on, hold on. You... No, it... Go back. I, I'm sorry. You, you paused right there. You said amaze, and it, it just froze. Right. So it's, it's, it's right again. You're you good. hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. An amazing movie, and uh, you'll kind of sense the theme because if you watch everything everywhere all at once, and you read the Midnight Library, you'll see some similarities. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, uh, I'm. It was an amazing movie. Amazing acting. Amazing storytelling, and I just feel like it really made me excited about movies and what we were doing definitely um and so yeah i just like again everything everywhere all at once starring michelle yo uh kai huey kwan and stephanie shu um, yeah bro i fucking loved this movie it is my favorite movie of the year i saw it multiple times in theaters i had i went in with no expectations which was great and you know to me you know obviously we're we're into like the Marvel nerddom and everything, but nothing comes close to this story of the multiverse. Like this was so personal. It was so like the sci-fi elements are not what this movie is about. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, back to the yeah. future isn't about time travel. Back to the future Correct. is about the kid learning to accept his parents as people. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a deeper yes. story. And, and yes. in the same way, everything everywhere at once, isn't really about the multiverse. It's about yeah. the a, a single family and the just, decisions and choices they make and how they affect each other Correct. you know um 
So there's just so much like to love about this movie in its most simplest form, but also in just its special effects, the way they do everything. So many practical effects. I am so sick of seeing a fucking CGI fight. I never want to see a movie end with a massive <laughs> CGI fight ever again. It's going to be impossible, but I'm just over it. And like having something that felt so like handmade, like it felt like we were like back in film school and they were Rock just trying to chill. Yeah, like, I, I loved it. Was that a puppet? Like I don't even yeah, know, it bro. Was like, a puppet. I loved it, and you know, um, I just want to uh, say this too is that uh, the one of the directors writers of the Daniels who made the movie partly was inspired because he got diagnosed with ADHD. So there is there is something to our relationship. There's a through line is what we're saying. With this movie <laughs> in terms of that feeling because, I mean, the way that movie ends, just the very last scene is just like she's gone, Michelle Yeoh's gone through this incredible journey and she's back in her life and she's sitting down and all of a sudden her mind starts to wander and she has to decide if she's going to live in the multiverses in her head or be in the present. And you know, clearly I am trying to learn to be in the present. I'm trying to learn to not be in my head. So those things resonated very strongly for me. And I was obsessed with that movie. Absolutely. Completely agree, by the way. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's why I was my pick. Okay, so that was my, was that your number one pick? That's my me? number one pick too. That's what I mean. It's our pick. Like, <laughs> our we pick. Okay. both love this movie. It's awesome. Okay, so number two for me, uh, Prey. Pray. Made the list. Okay. The Dan Trachtenberg, uh, um, starring Amber Mid Thunder and Dakota Dakota Beavers. Uh, I here's the thing. This was one of the very few movies, as you said, it was like I watched it several times. Like I watched it by myself several times. I watched it with my fiance. I watched it with my parents. Like this was just like a movie that I was just like, I could just get keep rewatching this. It's so good. It's like it's a predator sequel or prequel um but it's so well done and I, I i really admired it for the way that it brought in and respected indigenous culture Definitely. i really appreciate it for the way that it um addressed like franchise movies i really appreciate mm -hmm. it just from like a storytelling perspective and i just i thought this movie was so well made so good i'm still upset that i didn't get to see it in theater because it went straight to streaming but, yeah um, that just means that all you guys can watch it on Hulu right now. It's a great movie, and it's honestly my favorite of the year. That's you know what I, I just want to quickly comment. It, it didn't make my list, but one of the things that I will say I loved about that movie was what you mentioned. It's a, a different approach to a franchise. Like typically, we're gonna do a sequel. We're gonna do a reboot. We have to go bigger. We have to do you know all these things to an eleven. But what I loved about this is that they took away the budget, they stripped away a lot of the special effects, and they just made it a human story. And it's just like, goddamn, Marvel, can you please make like a $10 million movie and just see what happens? Like, can exactly. you take the budget away and just see if you can make a story that works? Because like, the, the reason why Prey is so effective is because you don't even have to know the Predator franchise to be able to appreciate the movie. So I, right. I loved it as well. So I just wanted to chime in with that. No, no, I appreciate it. All right. So what's yours? Um, my number two is RRR. I am never going to stop talking about this movie. I mentioned this to you in the homework assignment one time. Okay. I, I don't think you watched it. It's just called RRR? Okay. RRR. It is a Hindi movie that is on Netflix. It is... Oh, actually, you did tell me about this. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, bro, I want to watch 
this movie <laughs> with you. Like this okay. is a movie. Maybe like, that's the only way you'll get me to watch it. <laughs> you know, like for the longest time, I was obsessed with Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Like that was my favorite thing was to show people The Room for the first time and get the reaction to what the fuck is this AI created movie? Like what even is this? Like their jaw dropping was my favorite thing. I didn't watch the movie. I watched them. And RRR is the kind of movie where I want to watch you watch this movie. I okay, want to okay. see you have these reactions to the wild shit this movie just casually tries to get away with. And it is just so much... I don't know, dude. There's something about... um, You know, when you consume a lot of American content, the, the personality of America, in, in terms of how it's portrayed in cinema, is is kind of um it's absent of a lot of diversity it's absent of a lot of different perspectives and different kinds of storytelling like that's the thing is like oh disney's being so diverse we have this person we have this person yeah but if you go back and look at their last 12 animated movies they all look kind of the same they're not doing a spider-verse they're not exploring something completely different RRR is something so completely different than anything any American filmmaker would have created in the best way possible. And I think that's part of the charm and the lore of it. So I just highly recommend it. It like when I was creating this list, I was like, okay, what if I could only pick a few things to take with yeah. me after 2022? Yeah. This movie would be it. And so like I I can't wait for you. I'm telling you, we have to find the time. For okay, okay. We'll together. find the time and we'll watch it together. Like, I, I I'm down it. for that. Like, now I will watch it, but I have to watch it with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so <laughs> that said, do you have another movie or? Uh, yeah, I have my, my last one that I just want to kind of throw out there is because I thought this was such an incredible year for horror. You know me. I'm a major horror head. Um, and there were so many great movies. And for me, the top of my pick, and this is just my own personal favorite because of the experience I had in the movie theater, was watching the movie Barbarian. To me, that was my favorite <laughs> of the entire year. It, it, I had no expectations going into that movie. I At one point, I was curled up into a ball, genuinely scared as to what was going to happen. And then 10 minutes later, I'm giggling like crazy. It was just a ride, bro. And like, I don't know if this would be the same experience outside of a movie theater, but I loved it. But yeah, Barbarian, X. Um, uh, X was know. on my list. X was the only one where I was like, if I have to give you one more, yeah. my movie is Ty West's X. Amazing, bro. Mia Goth, I believe. Mia Goth, yeah. And Jenna Ortega. Here's the thing. That you you saw it. I saw I saw I love that movie, bro. I love it. I think it's an amazing movie. I think it's an amazing movie. I was so it like to me, it's the best version of another scary movie, yeah. or not another teen movie, or like it's it it's such a meta movie and so self-aware of every other genre and trope and it almost takes every single trope and turns it on its head but in the best way and i you guys know me i am not someone for gore uh <laughs> that is not my thing but i just felt like it was done right and it was done in all the best ways and it told the story that it wanted to tell and it told it well um and that is one of the movies that i highly highly recommend i just i again i think if there was a winner in terms of genre for 2022 it would be horror like horror, honestly 100%. x nope smile fresh 
a violent night. Did you see Violent Night? Fucking I didn't see it yet. I didn't so see it. Good. I didn't see it, but I will say I listened to the Too Scary Didn't Watch and I was like, oh, this is going on my list. I'm I'm <laughs> it was honestly so much fun. It wasn't even scary. It was just it was so much fun. different from what I thought it would be, too. Yeah, like, it was so much fun. But yeah, I just think that horror is the most original stuff that's happening in movies right now. You know, um, even Scream came out earlier this year, which I actually think the last Scream movie gets worse with every rewatch, but we talked about it. We talked about it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's just, there's just so much happening in horror that to me is so inventive in the way that, you know, these major block, uh, buster, you know, pillars of the summer just can't, they just don't, they're not willing to take the risk that horror is willing to take that I feel like makes filmmaking interesting. So yeah, I, I loved all that shit this year, bro. You know what? Let's dive into music a little bit. Um, okay. So for music, yeah, I wanted to kind of highlight a few albums that really meant a lot to me this year. Um, in terms of music, I highly siege, even for you, recommend checking out an artist by the name of Coda the Friend. What I love about Coda the Friend is that I feel like as a person who loves rap music and hates rap music on the radio, this is a person for me. This is okay, a grown okay. man rapping about working through trauma, about overcoming um, his own shortcomings, about like being vulnerable, reading books, like bettering himself, meditating. Like this is the type of dude like that a 34 year, a five year old black <laughs> man could be like, I relate to this so strongly. So if you're in that category of people who like rap, but like are struggling with rap that's popular Content. now. Yeah. This dude is is spitting content that honestly fills my spirit. I feel like I'm having like a, a meditation session just from like listening to like some of his records. Memo came out this year. Highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, so to me, there's only one answer for this entire and, year. And I didn't even bring it up because I knew and you were going to. There's only one answer for this entire year. And that is Beyonce's Renaissance. That for like, here's the thing. I, I, I dare you to find another album that of the world just listens to on repeat no skips nothing like like it's just like we just like let the like i kid you not at one point in time we were like we could just play this album at our wedding we don't need yeah. a dj just it's, like hit play and go about your business because it's such a good it's so good and i will say listening to this album and listening to some other artists who kind of dro dropped albums this mm -hmm. year you're like they're not doing like like this renaissance is a piece unto itself. Yeah. And I get that there are people who are like, oh, I'm not a Beyonce fan. Or it's like, if you like music and you like the evolution and the curation and the collaboration mm -hmm. of music, Beyonce made an album that literally works as like one giant piece. So much so that like when you listen to the first few tracks, you didn't even know you were listening to a different song. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So perfectly. And then also like the last song moves effortlessly into the first song Summer so Renaissance, like, it's, yeah. it's almost like addictive to the point where it's like when it starts over you're like yeah i'll go again i'll do this whole ride i don't know when i want to get off because i had so much fun and that's how i honestly feel about that album there are so many if i must name them which i don't have to but i will <laughs> but if i must name some of my favorites i enjoy cozy i feel like cozy my fiance and I talk about this all the time. Cozy is just a song that for someone who has body issues mm. is such an anthem of like, no, like owning your, your body and just being comfortable with who you are, where you are. Love it. Yeah. Um, 
alien superstar is it's 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 out there alien it's superstar. it's such an amazing song um from beginning to end uh i'm actually a fan of thick okay uh, i know it's not everyone else's song honestly the whole like- album wore like i i warmed up to the whole album after a while i had my like songs that i was like oh i love these songs but eventually like you're right like it's a whole vibe I hear like I'm not gonna lie. That's one of the things that I really enjoy about the album, and that I really encourage people to listen to. Is I not will not like when I first listened to it. I was like, eh, I don't really know if I need like this song. And then I listened to it again. And I was like, oh, actually, this song is actually kind of cool. And then I listened to it a month later, and you're like, I'm vibing to this song that I hated when I first. Yeah. I feel like the thing is this this album will hit you differently depending on where you are in life what time of year it is mm. like it's just one of those where it's like songs change with where you're at and there's songs that like i weren't fan- i wasn't a fan of that like i ended up listening to for like a month straight later on because yeah. i was like no this song actually is is hitting me where i'm at right now so yeah i could i could honestly talk about this album particularly forever but this this is this is the song, the album, the artist that I'm choosing for 2022. Uh, guys, if you would like to hear us do a podcast just talking about Renaissance, please let us know. We'd happily oblige. Uh, one thing I just want to quickly say about Renaissance, because I you already spoke pretty much all my thoughts about it too. Um, I love that Beyonce created a disco record, which I mean, essentially, this is a disco record. Like we can't deny that. We have to understand that disco has infiltrated pop music again in 2020s which is kind of cool um you know elements of disco have been making their way into music for a long time um but this was the full like first like i'm gonna make a full record and yeah that's the other thing i really appreciate about renaissance is like you said this is an album and in a time where so many artists are just creating songs not even putting out full LPs anymore. I'm just going to create a single. I'm going to have this trend until it doesn't trend anymore. And then I'm going to put just out another clip, single. Just, just it's, snippets on TikTok. It's Some just, just yeah. Clip. It's just snippets. It's not an experience. And as someone who fell in love with records, with albums, like, like there was, there is an art form to making an album with no skips. And part of that is understanding how to put an album together. And Beyonce has shown time and time again that no one currently puts an album together better than her. So I, I just had to agree with that as well. Um, quickly, I just want to like, just uh, in terms of music, I have to throw out another artist out there. And I don't know if you're familiar. This was one of the first concerts I went to after the pandemic. And it was the most fun fucking concert i've been to in such a long time the artist i went to go see is an artist called sammy ray and the friends sammy ray is a um they're a brooklyn-based band they have like all of these instrumentations and sammy ray the lead singer of this group is has the most incredible like i if i would relate her to um like like she has this very incredibly technically advanced jazzy voice, but she's also an incredibly accomplished piano player. Um, she is an a, a amazing songwriter, just the most uplifting, like self-healing. I'm just, I need a self-care day. I'm going to put on these songs and just kind of build myself up. Um, and the energy and the fun of these songs, what I love about it is that it kind of like the concert, it was like, I don't know. It felt like Elton John and uh, 
Like, like, yeah, like a modern day Elton John. Like, I have no idea how to explain it, but it was just the costumes were elaborate. It was so much fun. There was energy. And I can't wait for you to hear some of these songs because to me, they've just been stuck in my head for the entire year. And in terms of just like new artists who are creating new albums and new sounds that I think are really interesting, um, I just think she did a, a fantastic job with that. So I would highly encourage you guys to check out Sammy Ray and the Friends. And if you see them coming through your town, definitely go to the concert at the very least. So much fun. Absolutely. I, lo I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay, so I think our final category, you guys who have listened this far, thank you so much. We could not, we could not be the podcast that we are without talking about television. There were some clear standouts, so I'm interested to see where you're at with television. Absolutely. So something that I, I will say, just again, in terms of storytelling and kind of like shows that kind of took me by surprise. Uh, this is not a 2022 show exclusively, but it's the show Reservation Dogs. Um, oh, yeah, you again, mentioned it. Yeah, I mentioned it before, but like the storytelling and the kind of just surprise depth of the characters and the um, mix of comedy and drama and acting it's it's one of those shows where when i started watching it i was just kind of like oh this will be like a silly fun romp and gut punches like like there were just moments yeah. where i'm like how did you like this is i never i didn't know we were going to take this turn with this episode and i'm all in and i just i was so amazed by it and i think the actors are so good and it's just a really great show that i feel like deserves so much more recognition um so yeah reservation dogs that's gonna be my first my first okay one. you know for me um to me like the thing i loved about the show that i'm about to talk about was for me it created event television which is not something that kind of exists in this streaming cable like you know, we have everything at our fingertips. There's not really those big pillars that everyone gathers around the television to watch. Um, and for me, Stranger Things 4 was exactly that. Not yes. only to me yes. was this like the best season of Stranger Things since season one. It was, it, to me, it re almost rebooted the franchise because I was waning in interest during seasons two and three. And season four was so incredible that it made me rewatch the entire series just so I could experience season four organically. I was that in love with it. I, You know, I had you over. We had a big yeah. Stranger Things party. Yeah. We ate fucking waffles and, and we ate, like <laughs> upside down drinks. And it was like a great time. And it, there's no other show, at least, it, you know, in my experience this year that I was like, I need everyone to come over. I'm going to pull out the projector and the big screen and we're watching this. Like, I wanted it to be a party. And I don't think that there was another show this year that really allowed for that. And I just, I loved Stranger Things 4. No, I thought, here's the thing. I think Stranger Things 4 was iconic. It literally did, like, it was such a cultural impact, too. Yeah. Uh, and they, again, I will say they took a character like Max, who could have been a throwaway character, and they made her the center of the season. And they did so in a way that felt so natural and yeah. so honest. And I, I just think season four of Stranger Things. Vecna actually. is one of the greatest additions to horror canon that we've had in such a long time. Like, him as a villain was so perfectly done. I'm so excited to see what they do with season five. And I even have to say this, I know we're, we've kind of moved on from the music category. The Stranger Things 4 soundtrack is dope. Not yeah. only do you have Running Up That Hill, but they also have an incredible uh, remix of Journey 
um, separate oh. ways that I'm obsessed oh. with. Um, it's so good. But here's like, 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 so, sorry, like this will be geeking out a little bit. I thought separate ways was a perfect, perfect. song for this season because you're talking about children who are growing up and like they will eventually go their separate ways. But before we go our separate way, I don't amazing i thought it was an amazing selection and, and i thought it was brought in perfectly the way that it was used in the series and in the soundtrack the way that they used music throughout the entire season running up that hill perfectly done multiple times but the metallica song and the way that was used in the finale still gives me chills to watch yeah. that scene yeah. of Eddie doing his guitar solo. Like, it made me listen to Metallica. I've never just been like, <laughs> bro, let's put out some Metallica. After that show, every time I'm in the gym, I'm running as if Vecna's chasing me, and I'm hearing Metallica in my head, and I loved it. And to, to your point, what I thought was really great is, like, and because this is your genre, this is the thing that you love, I felt like we got some new Halloween soundtracks too, because like yes, because of the way that it was done, you're like, oh no, like I I saw that selection of Journey be added to so many Halloween. It was playlists. on my Halloween playlist. Yeah, and I was like, no, but it's good because it works now. Like I don't know. <laughs> to me, it, like what they did to that uh, Journey song is the same thing that Jordan Peele did to I Got Five. That's on exactly it, where it was what like I, thought was I exactly. never thought to hear that song that way, and I fucking love it. Whatever you love did, it. amazing. Yep. That's exactly um, what I was thinking. Exactly. What I was. All right, the one that I will choose uh, right now is interview AMC's interview with the Vampire, mm -hmm. uh, starring Stan Reed and Jacob Anderson. If you've seen anything of my TikToks, if you've seen anything that I've been talking about, listen to anything. I love this show. I thought, like, I love vampires. I love, like, mythology and all this other stuff. But I also, as we talked about, I love great storytelling. And I thought that this series did everything right. Like, this is not for everyone. You gotta be willing to go there. You gotta be willing to have some tough conversations and think about characters in different ways. But I loved every decision that they made with this. And I felt like they really understood that this romance is a toxic romance. Mm. And so many people get distracted by the romance part of a toxic relationship and not the toxic part. And this this show was like, oh, it's we're passionate. But the thing about passion is that door swings both ways. Yeah. And as good as it gives, it can get. And I, I just really, really enjoyed how they examined these characters and what they brought in by making an interracial relationship, sure. by making a gay relationship, by like just they they committed to everything. And a lot of shows don't like to commit. They like to skirt the line. They like to give themselves wiggle room. And this show did not do that. It was like, no, this is domestic violence. This is um ag uh, aggression. This is rape. That that this is everything that you think it is. Yeah. Um and, and I loved it for it. You know, I didn't get around to see it. I You spoke so highly of it the first time you recommended it. And I was so consumed with my typical horror content for Halloween that it kind of slipped through my fingers. But I'm you're you're definitely making the case for me to revisit it. Um, and I'm excited for the fact that I'm assuming they're getting a second season. So there's things well, to they're look forward to. Second season, but also, if you like that, just a little intel, they're doing the entire Anne Rice expanded universe because that's what we're in we're an ip world now of course so there <laughs> everything is, is an expanded universe <laughs> there but there is like a witch 
craft show coming off that's kind of like from the same vibe and again it pulls from the same universe uh and i'm really excited about it it comes out in january so yeah if i had known i would use the phrase extended universe so many fucking (laughs) part of the bernstein bears extended universe like (laughs) everything has an extended universe um that's that's great bro i'm gonna check that out um so i have to bring up i mentioned this on the podcast once this show really has not gotten any of the of the attention it should have this show has lasted was only it's a season that came out this year it's only six episodes i doubt there will ever be more episodes the show i'm referring to is called the bus down premiered on peacock i refer to it as the black it's always sunny in philadelphia okay okay it is and, and when i say that like this is some of the blackest television I've watched in such a long time in like such an amazing way. I was cracking up laughing the entire time. So let me just tell you the premise of the show just yeah, real go fast. For it, go for it. Um, so um, it's about four friends who work at a casino and they are in like, I think Chicago area. Um, and they're just getting into hijinks. I can't even like get into it, but it's just the reason why this cast stands out and the reason why, sadly, I don't think there will be another season is because um, it stars Sam Jay, who's she's a great comedian. She has a fantastic specials out right now that you should check out. Chris Red, who's been killing it on SNL, and he also put out an amazing comedy special this year. Um, Langston Kerman, who I don't know if you're familiar with, but he's also done a lot of great um, stand up work. And the late Jack Knight, who actually died this year um, of. I think it was suicide. Like, honestly, it's it's actually really sad. And it's such a shame because he is so fucking funny on the show. Like, I'm so sad that there won't be more of these four people working together because they, I think they captured um, magic in the bottle. One one quote that I can't stop thinking to myself is them being like, oh, man, I always wanted to go uh, eat pussy with uh, sunglasses on. It's like, we all deserve to feel like future sometimes. Like, these are <laughs> quotes that they're saying to each other that I'm just saying, like, bro, like, you have that's to funny. check out this damn show. You're right. That's, that's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay. Like, there's an entire episode, I'm sorry, where one of the characters is just dealing with his light-skinned feelings. Like, him... <laughs> if... <laughs> I can't explain to you if you don't know what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah. but I do. But what's funny is I knew immediately what you meant. I knew immediately what you meant, and I'm like, I'm on board. I will check it out. That's probably what I'll do New Year's Day. But uh, it's six episodes. It's an easy watch, and the reason why I recommend it is because I watched those six episodes, and I've watched them several times since. It's on (laughs) Peacock. They're really easy to watch, and I, I highly recommend it. Okay, so you made me think. My last, my last recommendation is uh i have been such a disciple for this show because it's honestly i am not someone for like a ted lasso british bake off just feel good show like i'm just like oh people there are more things going on in the world but i found my comfort show which is cbs's ghosts you mentioned it yeah yeah which is a remake of the BBC Ghost. Uh, I heard a lot of people say that the BBC one's better. I feel like people always say that. Let me enjoy what I enjoy. I love the American version. And it's just such a feel-good show. It's something that, like, you wouldn't think, considering the fact that you're dealing with ghosts and you're dealing with the afterlife and death and all this other stuff, that it would be so much fun. But I honestly, I look forward to it like Christmas morning. Every time a new episode comes out, I have so much fun with the characters. I think it's a great ensemble cast. It's another one of these shows very similar to 
uh, reservation dogs to where you watch it coming in for comedy and then by the end of like a 30 minute episode you're like why why am i feeling so deeply mm. like i should not have this much feeling for a corn dog yeah. um but i do i care i want that corn dog to have its dreams come true and like it's, it's no episode with a corn dog but i'm just saying like it's something just so out of the blue like that where it's like you are invested and it's so much fun it's such a good show i highly recommend it it's it's my feel good comfort show oh. and i just want everyone to have as much joy as i had walking. i'm gonna have to check it out yeah that's awesome bro um i have one more show it's not a feel good show at all it's actually the exact opposite of a feel good show how, we're just going back and forth <laughs> going. but in terms of just um just really beautiful filmmaking uh severance was just did you eventually watch it? No, did no, you no, no. it? List for the first thing to watch in the new year. So do not spoil anything in this next. Okay, few I won't. I won't spoil anything for you. I highly recommend you getting into it. It is a bit of a slow burn at times, but the concepts that they're discussing in it, the way the show is shot, Adam Scott's performance in it, um, it, it, it it's just so well done. And I, I, gosh, I want to say that TV, Patricia Arquette. Us- is it, it does a fantastic job as well in it um i've i've loved patricia arquette since like nightmare on elm street 3 like i've i've always loved her and she she's awesome in this she's chilling in her performance um but yeah everyone does such a great job but the to the to me it's like the art direction like you watch this this show and it looks like a movie it's beautiful the way they've they've shot it um whoever is the dp on that is just doing incredible work and i I I can't wait for a second season. It left off on the cliffhanger. I'm so excited for you to watch it and for you to tell me what you think. But I had to just throw that out there because in terms of just like quality television, I mean, don't get me wrong. We left a lot out this list. We oh, we are oh talking about, gosh. we're not talking about the <laughs> best. I, I The last thing I need is for you guys to send me emails and, and messages being like, you like that shit? This is what resonated our to selects. us. These are <laughs> our favorites. They don't gotta be yours. These are ours. But... I, in terms of quality television, it, I would I would have really done a disservice to not mention Severance, and I'm so excited for you to watch it. I'm really excited. Uh, with my new TV, I just got three free months of Apple TV. Hey! So, <laughs> as I said, I will be checking this out. Um, and thank you so much for sharing. I'm really, really excited. And honestly, you guys, like, especially if you've stuck with us this long, thank you so much for going with us on this journey uh, to hear some of our favorites. Feel free, as we said earlier, Give us some of your recommendations. What are some things that you think we should check out? Because we're always looking for new stuff to watch. Absolutely. Uh, there's so much content to be consumed. Uh, we get like we can't see everything, but honestly, if you have any recommendations, throw them our way. Um, but was there was there? I, I just want to quickly throw this out there to usage before we uh, wrap up. Was there anything else in 2022 that didn't fit into any of those pillars? That like meant something to you, a, a pop culture moment. I've already something. talked about this, and it specifically, I discovered it this year. The podcast "Too Scary Didn't Watch." Can't yeah. recommend highly enough. If you're like me, where it's like I like the idea of horror movies, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not really someone who can watch horror movies or at least gory movies. I've literally. Uh, there are so many where I'm like, oh, thank you. I would never have watched this, yeah. uh, but then there are ones where I'm like, now that I know about the storyline or that I now that I know that this is the part where it gets like gory, 
I actually am more open up to it. And actually, so it was really funny the other day because they were so good and so detailed in their telling of Barbarian. I was like, oh, I can have a conversation about Barbarian having not watched it. Yeah. Because, like, but like just the secondhand telling of it. I was like, oh, I do understand the things. I love this idea. I would love to talk to you about such and such. Will I watch it? No. <laughs> but what? Yeah. I actually love, like, it gave me, like, this way to, it. like, for me, what I love more than anything is it actually gave me access to a mm-hmm. world that I wouldn't have have gone on my own. Um, and so I really appreciate that. Um, they are not paying us for this, but I just really yeah. I, I can't recommend that enough because, again, if you're someone like me who likes the idea, like, you see the trailers, you're like, oh, that sounds good, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> again, same thing with Violet Night. It was yeah. uh, for me, I was like, is this even worth my time? And then I heard about it. I was like, oh, I'm down. Let's put it on the list. So, yeah. Thank God for for you bringing this up. Because I just have to throw this out there that uh, my two comfort podcasts of this year, outside of Pod Meets World, obviously. Which we're going to shout out. Obviously, obviously guys. <laughs> that's number one. Um, I love the Always Sunny podcast. And the reason why I recommend that podcast is because unlike any of the other rewatch podcasts, here's a show by the creators. It's not just the actors. They're able to talk about how they develop stories, how they make a script, what's it like to film in production of a show. Like if you're trying to learn how to create something, hearing these three creators talk about all the shit that they've tried, what hasn't worked, what has worked from just like a showrunner perspective, fascinating. It's a completely different take than like the Podmeets World or uh, the Drama Queens or, you know, Office Ladies or any of these other ones where they're just kind of contributing from an actor's perspective. It's so interesting to hear like, hey, this is how we came up with the idea for the script and how it developed and all that. The other one I just have to shout out just because it's my all time favorite podcast. It's the thing that made me fall in love with podcasts and they're still doing it. How did this get made? Um Paul Scher, Jason Manzukis, June Diane Raphael, just talking through every worst movie they can possibly find. You Which know is me, your lane. It's my <laughs> lane. I love movies that are so bad that they're good. And every every other week, these three get together and just make me laugh about these stupid movies that I I'm so inspired to watch. So um, I just have to throw that that out there because both of those two have, in terms of being a podcast creator, have really inspired me to just like like find love in this in this genre. So. Absolutely. Again, I think I thank you guys so much for listening to us um, and listening to our changes. Podcast to me has been a really great uh, friend and accessory. Um, and I think one of the things that really make them kind of like continue to work is as we as a society kind of like start to isolate ourselves just because of COVID or you know what working from home, all this other stuff. Being able to have these conversations. And, and and be friends or like feel like you're making friends um is is such a great thing to be a part of for all of you 100%. who feel the same way about us we appreciate it if you're new and you're getting to know us we hope that you feel the same way about us yeah by the time we you're hope over. it feels like you know you're <laughs> listening to this on your drive to work you're in traffic or whatever we hope it feels like you're having a conversation with us we hope you feel like you know you can contribute to that conversation with comments or voice messages or whatever like you know uh we are one part of this boy meets world fandom and my favorite thing has been connecting to all of these other people in the fandom. So 
Absolutely. Um, so just kind of like to wrap us up, mm-hmm. as we've been saying, please make sure to reach out to us at Broad Meets World um, on the social platforms. You can email us at broadmeetsworld at gmail.com. You can leave us a audio message at broadmeetsworld.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you well, guys... I mean, even bigger than that, not only can you find us on all of those places, you can also find us on Pod Meets World on their season <laughs> one recap. <laughs> if you haven't checked it out already, we are now on their podcast as well. So exactly. That. So if if you're looking for us, you can find us. Uh, <laughs> and if you ain't looking for us, we'll pop up. Of course, yeah. we out here. <laughs> but we out here. We in these streets. Uh, anything else, T? No. Again, Siege. This has been a fantastic year. Um, I love doing this podcast with you. You're one of my favorite people to talk to in the world. I'm so glad that we've convinced other people to listen to us. Just <laughs> we, rant we've had both of them. We got them. Yeah, we just <laughs> rant about everything. Like, I wish you could understand how many people walk away from us at a party as we're just getting so excited to just talk about something that no one else cares about. <laughs> so, like, it's been. I'm glad we've been bamboozled you guys into listening to us and um we're gonna keep doing this as long as we get the chance to so thank you guys i think in 2023 everyone should continue to dream try and do good good. hey hey come on later bros happy 2023 bros later